Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Con Man's Answer Show, episode number 91. Today we got Brennan Schneider on the show. Brennan Schneider is a movie critic. He's also the host, creator, and producer of the movie podcast, Films with the Women in My Life. New shows are released every week and can be found on all streaming platforms. Take a listen. Brennan, welcome back. How you been, dude? Yeah, I've been really good. It's, uh, it's a busy last 2021, so we'll see how the new year goes. Got more planned, but uh, yeah. What about you? Everything been good? Yeah, dude, everything was really good. Uh, yeah, it was a busy year. Um, so our uh, football season, I was, I'm obviously a senior in college. who I played college football. Our senior, I think last time I was talking to you, um, maybe my season had just got delayed to the spring, but yeah, I got delayed to the spring. So we had like a two small game season in the spring, uh, in 2021, and then eventually a full season in the fall. So I was doing full football, um, yep. podcast has been doing crazy. Like lately, um, my, like it's been, it's been awesome. So I've been staying up to date with that. I'm about to graduate undergrad and I'm looking forward to going to, or, Right now, I'm looking at going into law school in the fall. Oh, might, very nice. I take a gap year. I don't know where I'm at with all of that, but yeah, dude, it's been it's been pretty busy. What have you been? What did you do in 2021? You know, what were some of the biggest things you got you had to do? So the big year, so the year kicked off in last January. Uh, we were doing. I, I, we'll get into my other film show in a second here, but we were doing our top five show of the year last year. And uh, I had planned a while to propose to my then girlfriend and I thought eh, it was it's always doing something clever. So I did it on the show at the very end and read a little thing on it. And that way it's recorded for everybody to hear all our friends and family can go and listen to it. And obviously anyone else who wants to, but uh, she, obviously she said yes. So she's my fiance now we're getting married later this year. Um, so that was a big start. And then we also got a house in the middle of the year. So uh, during the craziest time of the market, like it was, everything was going up and we got lucky. We got a, uh, we got a bid. It was our first house that we bid on and there were 23 other bids and we, we had to go over asking, not, not by too much, but we, we got it just barely. And there were a couple ahead of us, but they didn't have the right loan. So we, we just barely got the perfect amount. That's where actually we are. I am now last time I was in a dingy apartment. Now I finally got <laughs> my own place to do this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, you know, this year is planning for the wedding. Um, we've got some big trips we got planned, but the podcast has been going strong too. We were all, we just did episode two fifty eight. I don't know. I lose track now. We do like one or two a week, so it's been it's been a moving couple of couple of years. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And remind me where you live again. So last time we talked, I was living in uh, King of Prussia, which is about 30 minutes north of Philadelphia. Now we're in uh, Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware. So about 30 minutes south of Philadelphia. So not, not a big change, but East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. East Coast. Yeah. I remember talking to you about that. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. 20, you know, it's, it's, it's still crazy, you know, all the hectic going on and it's cool that you get some normalcy, you know, during this whole time and this whole pandemic time, like you get to propose your girlfriend on the show yeah. you love to do. And, and obviously you guys are going to get married and everything you guys planning on getting, having it in the East coast. You guys going to go somewhere for how are you going to do all that? Yeah. So we got, uh, this September we're going it in on the east coast in maine uh i grew up in maine so we're doing it in my family's backyard they have enough space to have like 80 ish people which is what we're planning on um so we got most of the planning done uh and we're gonna go up there for we'll go up there for a few days to get everything planned but um most everyone said yes is coming and so long as there's no other large outbreaks of anything everyone should be game to go so um 
Yeah, we're a lot of doing it ourselves. Um, my fiance really likes to do a lot of her own, make her own stuff, and get things exactly how she wants it. So we looked at venues, but it just it was going to work better for us to do it that way. No, yeah, definitely. But yeah, man, let's talk about your show for a little bit. Um, mm. Just real quick, you know, for everyone who doesn't know who you are, if you if you don't know who he is and you didn't listen to last episode, just like for everybody who's back, the new listeners, because I have had some some growth. Um, tell everybody who you are with your podcast, what your podcast is, so everyone can find it if they can, and basically what is the concept of what you do? Because you have an actual structure to your show; it's not just nonsense like I do. You know, <laughs> we've gotten a little loose. We've, we've moved away from some structure, but we have we still have a good amount of structure. So uh, I have a show. It's films talking review show called films with the women in my life uh so it's myself and three of the closest women in my life one being my now fiance uh one being my close friend who we started the show years ago and the third being my mom so we have uh three different women perspectives a lot of the film shows on on uh on most podcasts like you look around it's it's kind of the same couple of 30 something dudes talking i'm like yeah like i know i'm i'm kind of that but i'm like yeah i have these other women who want to talk about stuff they don't there aren't as many female film shows uh so it you know they they are all willing to do it to varying degrees and we still have all three of them on now uh i've been actually looking to try to get an additional host uh, for a while just to keep the rotation strong uh, but we're on all the major uh, podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, CastBox, all the big guys. So uh, Films with the Women in My Life, we got our socials too. Uh, on Facebook, that's what you look up. Instagram, it's just me, uh, at Brennan underscore podhost. That's kind of where we do most of our stuff. And uh, then you can always email us with like suggestions because we take listener suggestions. We just did a couple uh, episodes of that. That's uh, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. But Film review show is the is the general what we do. Yeah, man, and you are not only just like really, really, really like talented at it, but you also like are one of the only people that I know who like watches so many movies. Like, there's a couple other people who are close to you, but you watch mm. so many movies in one year. And also, what a year for movies in 2021! I feel like just art in general, creativity in general, 2021. Now, I think a lot of that for movies could be the like the pushback from a lot of these movies were supposed to come out in 2020, but quarantine happened and COVID happened. But yeah. what a year for movies in 2021. It was a big improvement. We saw it the most, or I, I realized those, because you're right, I watch, I just watch stuff all year long. I think I, I was low last year. I think I only got in like the low 300s of movies, oh I, of movies I had never seen. And then a, of, of that 150-ish were from 2021. But uh, we do our draft show at the end of every year. And that's where we draft what we think is going to be like the most popular movies. And then people vote on it. Um, so we can see like the listener movie of the year is. And this year we were looking at like our, our draft board and like, wow, this is a deep year. Like usually like 2020 or 2020 was kind of a struggle when we were getting to the seventh, eighth picks, we were like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who, what people saw. So we just started picking stuff like we saw and liked. But this year, like, there was plenty of big movies that no one even picked. There was a Marvel movie that didn't get picked. That never happens. Like, there's there's big, big stuff. And there's a lot of, like, pretty quality. There was a couple of, like, standouts for me. But of really quality, like, three and a half star movies, big budget blockbuster movies that, like, lived up to expectations. So a sol- just a solid comeback year. Lewis, those, I was impressed. Yeah, what were those standout movies for you? 
So uh, I liked uh, I liked like some of like the more indie weirdo movies. My number one of the year was this movie called Zola, or it's stylized at Zola, like the Twitter at at symbol, and um, that's about a woman who is like a waitress and she strips at night. And she meets this girl and she's like, hey, come with me to Florida and we'll make a bunch of money for the weekend. And she's like, all right, I'll go with you. And she goes down and there's these two other guys that go with them and they get into some weird misadventures. Um, It's like, it's based off a real story based off of like a, oh God, it must've been like a 40 reply Twitter feed of this woman telling her story about this weekend and uh, they made a movie about it. And the director is Jenzika Bravo. She did a movie that's on Hulu right now called Lemon. Um, and she, it's, it's just, I, I don't even like that movie. Like not her first movie that much, but uh, it's just uh, really creative. They use like little sounds that are like social media indicators. Uh, it doesn't seem like something that would work or something that I would even like, because there's a lot of those kind of based on a news article stories that just kind of come flat. This is full of life, great performances by the four leads. Um, that is only on rental for most places. So you can't see it like free with your subscription or whatever. Um, but that, that was my favorite of the year. A couple others that people can see, uh, pig Nicholas cage movie that's on Hulu right now. Um, but like, not like the typical, like he yells at people and punches them movie. It's a subtler, quieter movie. Uh, the father, which people probably know because it won a bunch of Oscars last year. That was our movie of the year for uh, our show three out of the four of us had it on our top five um so that was a 2021 movie it's about a guy who's getting dementia or alzheimer's but you're from his point of view so things are changing around him oh Um, shit yeah where's that where can you watch that just for the listeners and me yeah so uh, father might also be a rental but it's like i think it's like a three or four dollar rental on prime google play youtube um but that's like, that's worth it. Like, I know, mm-hmm. like, I, I know there's so much stuff. I have like five or six streaming services myself. So it's like, usually if it's not on there, I, I'm like, eh, like it's not worth your time. There's enough good stuff out there you probably haven't seen, but that's, that's worth a few bucks. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And when you guys are rating these shows, I, I don't think I asked you this last time. Uh, how much do you like play into the accuracy of what the movie is trying to portray? Does that depend, like, does your rating depend on that? So let's say like um, a space movie like Gravity. If I don't know how accurate that movie is, but let's say the accuracy, do you guys take into the real world events of a movie when you're rating it? Or is it more about how the movie was directed, filmed, the actors, how they acted, things like that? So it's because it's the four of us and I'm, I'm the one who's the most, I watch movies all the time. I'm the, I listen to other movie shows. I'm the most like traditionally critically, critically kind of person. My other three goes, they just kind of go off the cuff of what they like typically, mm-hmm. but they have their own criteria. Like I would say for realism and like looking to like, try to like make the thing like the real thing. Uh, my mom, she's mama K on the show. That's her like little, little name. Uh, and she's the one who's usually the most of, stickler is not the right word but she likes that stuff the most i'm a little more tell a good story or give me memorable characters do something unique that i haven't seen before and i'll typically move above whatever whatever like realism or like yeah would that really happen kind of stuff it bugs me in movies that are not wanting my attention or like are bad and then you know so it's for me it's more of if if they have the qualities elsewhere i'll give it a pass and then uh, my other two co-hosts typically grade on it a little more. They're like, eh, if, if, if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hop on board. And that's, that's why I like doing it with the, the three of them is because they don't, everyone kind of sounds like me in a lot of shows. So I like hearing what 
people who are just like what's your friend or your girlfriend or your mom would say like that's like their perspective kind of thing yeah um so when you're like so you say you're more traditional what is the more i think we talked about about like critiquing movies last time Mm -hmm. i don't know if we went as in depth about what your criteria is so what are your criteria when you're rating a movie do you do you grade them like against other movies that are in the same genre? Do you grade them against all type of movies? What are you looking at when you're watching a movie? How are you grading these movies? And how do you basically find the rating you're going to give when you talk about it on the show? Uh, when it comes to, when it comes to, it, it's typically like what, what is their like kind? Like what is, uh, what am I comparing it to? If we're watching a low budget, like piece of trash, like making fun of it movie, my ratings on that are going to be way different than if I'm watching an Oscar movie because yeah. I'm, I, there's plenty of crappy, terrible B movies that I really love and enjoy. And by all objective measures, they're all bad, but mm-hmm. like if it's more enjoyment level on those, if I'm watching something with prestige, it's going to be up for things or it's, it's competing against other things of similar budget and talent behind the camera. It's another thing. If I, I, I know all the, like, the directors and writers and I look up all that kind of stuff, I, I like to keep track of that. So I'll have standards going in. Like if I see, like I saw the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Licorice Pizza. I'm comparing that to other Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. It's mm. it's a good movie compared to most any movie, but compared to his other movies, it's kind of what I'm thinking about. Um, so I, I try to pick like types. I try not to be unfair. Like I'm watching all those crappy Into the Dark Blumhouse movies right now that are on Hulu. They're mostly all bad, but a couple are better than the others. And in that case, I'm like, hey, you know, I kind of like these more. So. Yeah, I try to keep it to keep them in division, keep them in conference or whatever. No, yeah, definitely. And one thing that like I totally remember us talking about um, last time was you when you you can watch something or watch a movie that's technically like just absolute dog water, like it's not good, <laughs> but you can tell if it's made by someone who has a lot of promise. In the last year, have you watched any of these type of movies that were not that great? And you shouldn't watch them if you're just like trying to like enjoy a night. But you think in the next couple of years that person's going to have a big break? Uh, so so sad. The, the, it's usually harder to tell early on like that. I've saw a lot of stuff this year from first time directors that I thought were excellent, and I'm like, I can't wait to see more. Or I thought were like pretty close to like like really high quality that i thought could do more like the director of the father uh florian zeller he's done a bunch of plays and like directed plays but he's this is his first film and it won a bunch of stuff and like obviously it's great and i can't wait to see more of him but he's kind of been doing it before uh, there's a movie called uh nine days which came out in the middle of the year and that's by a first-time filmmaker edson oda that got a bunch of like uh, like film critic-y like festival awards but it's not a mainstream movie no one no one saw it it got a small theatrical release uh, but that's about like an afterlife uh, or not it's not really an afterlife it's more like a before life this guy's in like this little house in like a, a never-ending desert and souls come to meet him and they're just people and they like try to convince them why he sh- they should be born why they should go to earth and he keeps track of his other projects like his other people on earth and but it's done through vhs tapes so it's kind of retro um but that's a really good movie objectively it's not like a, a bad one that came out so usually when i like think of the ones that um i didn't love and then they come out with something later i go back and watch them like the like zola the movie i was talking about earlier her first movie didn't like that movie lemon saw it didn't like it um but then I saw the newer one. I thought it was an improvement. So 
a lot of first time directors I saw this year, but like a lot of the stuff that came out was, was actually pretty solid. It's, it's getting easier to kind of make good stuff nowadays. And why is that? Technology is much better. Um, you have more stuff to watch and like learn from uh, stuff like being a YouTube and TikTok creator, and all that kind of podcast, like just being able to, the, the barrier to entry is nothing. The barrier to entry is do you have a phone? Do you have a microphone? Do you have headphones? Like it's nothing. You can practice forever. And like back when, you know, the modern day greats, like the people who came to prevalence in like the eighties and nineties, you couldn't do like, you couldn't do much. The best you could do was like camcord with your videos, with your home with your friends or whatever. But if you wanted to make a quality movie, you would you still, you would need hundreds of thousands of dollars at minimum. You would need connections. Now you really just, I mean, you can make good movies now for a couple, couple grand with an iPhone with some like good camera work and uh, you know, final cut pro, like that's really all you need. So even the movies that are a higher budget, they're not, I mean, they're not that high like under a million dollars and you can make a movie and really for a couple grand, you have a chance of making something really good. Yeah, totally. And you know, I like how the barrier of entry is like really easy now because I think yeah. especially in more developed countries, it's going to bring out a lot of creativity. Um, it sucks that, you know, in, in third world countries and everything with all that talent and all that brains, we, we, we can't get it out, you know, cause I'm sure there's some technically great directors who are from these third world countries that we'll never get to see from, you know, however, what, no, I never what, thought Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I want you to hear what you were saying. Oh, it's, well, I was thinking, uh, I can't remember where, where I heard it. I don't, I don't remember if we talked about it last time, but it's the theory that like the best movie maker or the best movie will never be seen because it's some person somewhere that doesn't have access and they don't, or they like, they can't get to the things they need or they won't get discovered. Like it's like the best movie ever is never going to be seen because that part, that, that, person's out there somewhere and we're never going to like be able to get them same thing with any like the best athlete we're never going to find them because they're just mm -hmm. somewhere lost out there i swear to god dude i every time i i i feel like like people are so much more connected than like we think every single podcast i do there's one theme that is in every single one of them like i swear yesterday or two days ago when i when i did my episode 90 mm. I was sitting here talking about something I said in a philosophy class about how the smartest people in the world were never discovered because they never came out and or yeah. they never had the resources. And it's just crazy how everything kind of blends together. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, totally do. When you think about it like that, um, technically like, well also you like not even people might not be discovered. Like, like think about LeBron, for example, he could have been an even better football player, but we'll never get to see that because he right. went a different avenue. So people who are using creativity and other things might go down one lane when they have so much skill for another thing. And that's not that big of a deal when you get to um, like, if you make it in that one sphere, because right. if you're just in it, then you'll probably go to it anyways. Like a lot of people who are like, who make music, they, they tend to like start like doing clothes and start owning, you know, if they want to be in movies, they can be in movies, you know, mm -hmm. like look at Ice Cube, right? He's a good example. Yeah. Um, however, it's a problem when it's like someone who's like wants to be a director and instead they go to med school. You're never going to be a director if you go to med school. That's so, right. Yeah. You know, I think uh, resources, resources aside, follow your dreams is what I think I'm trying to say. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes, a person who could have made something really great 
maybe they play a plant safe practical person. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can do well in life and still lead a happy life if you didn't do the thing you wanted to do. But like that could have been, you don't, you just never know. You don't know if that could have been the person, you know, and like it's, it's robbed all of us of, of, of better things. But, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's enough talent out there drowning in talent, honestly, especially when it comes to like movie stuff. Ever, there's so many good people out there. 2021, back to that. Who had, yeah. do you think, what director or what directors had the best 2021 out of everybody? Uh, there is a, so the, there's a big one to talk about because they came out with two big movies, and that's Ridley Scott, uh, who's made Alien, uh, he's made Gladiator, he's made a lot of big stuff people know. Um, and he came out with two movies this year. Uh, the first that came out was a movie called The Last Duel, which is got, Ooh, yeah. Have you, have you seen it or heard of it? No, yeah, it has, uh, What's his name? Matt Damon and uh, Darth Darth Vader's grandson or whatever. <laughs> Adam Driver, yeah. Adam Driver, yeah. Yeah, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck is in it too. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon also wrote it, like co-wrote it. Um, it's their first writing credit since Goodwill Hunting, which is oh, wow. weird because people always complain that there's no way these two guys wrote Goodwill Hunting and never wrote anything else. I'm like, yeah, they, they have other things they're doing, but they wrote, co-wrote it, co-starred in it. Uh, and then the the woman and it's uh, Jodie Comer. She's a British actress, um, and the whole premise is uh, the Adam Driver character and the Matt Damon character are ha- their last duel is over the fate of each other and this woman who at one point he, the whole thing is did Adam Driver's character rape this woman who is Matt Damon's wife, and so the story is told in three segments, the first from Matt Damon's perspective, the second from Adam Driver's and the third from Jodie Comer's. Uh, And the, what's interesting is like each story is not that different from each other. Like you fill in some gaps and they do a little extra stuff, but like the takes are almost identical. So like what they each saw is like not that different from each other. And then by the end you see, I mean, once you see Jodie Comer's third act, I mean, that's kind of the one you are led to believe and then they have the trial and there's all, and by the time you get to the the titular last duel which is at the end of the movie you're really invested like you really want one of these guys to win and the other to lose and you like edge of the seat and like no one saw it it made like 10 million dollars it was like a 40 million dollar movie to make and it came out in like September October and no one saw it on the other way some a movie that a lot of people have saw and you probably heard of is House of Gucci which is Lady Gaga doing an accent with also Adam Driver and uh, everybody. Al Pacino's in that. Um, God, who else is in that? There's all those people. Uh, the guy who does the, he's going to be Morbius. He's a pretentious guy. Oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. Yeah, he's in it and he's got this all this makeup on and he's doing this crazy like SNL character. I saw that, and that was like an okay movie. It was all right. Like it was kind of sloppy and all over the place, two and a half hours long for no reason. But there were like some enjoyable bits. That's the one that's getting talked about a little bit more. That's the one that could be up for some awards. And I'm just confused because I saw them both, and I'm like, and the other ones also like it's like a current like it's like a woman positive movie. You think that would be more popular? Just no one saw it, and then people are talking about Hasegucci, and I don't get it. So that's like a. He made both movies. Clearly his heart was in more one more than the other. The other is like a Ridley Scott film. That's the last duel. And this other one is just like, uh, he's a good director for hire. So uh, like most directors only make one movie a year anyway. So, but he made, I thought he, he was interesting because he made two. One is to me like a top five movie that you're great. And the other is like kind of a campy TV movie, but 
yeah, what are you going to do? For something like The Last Duel, though, do you think that – I think, like, do you think that the reason it didn't get as much push as it is as it did is because, one, for a movie to be super long – I feel like it has to like in today's time because everything is like we talked about TikTok. It's so short. So right. like for something to be super long, it has to be attached to something like Marvel, DC, something yeah. like superhero movie or or like a franchise. Like like um, what's the not the Harry Potter like the Harry Potter side franchise? Uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, something like that. Right. I've never seen be- any of those, and I watch everything. I never seen those. They don't appeal to me. I've seen all the Harry Potters. But yeah, I've, I've never seen the, the Fantastic Beasts either, but I'm. I'm sure people do because they're always yeah. making another one. Um, I feel like for a movie to be that long, and I know the last duel was was a pretty long movie, and also yeah, two and a half hours, I want to say. Yeah, like and and then also, it wasn't really on anything. Like like a lot of movies get watched like that if they come out and they're immediately on HBO Max or they're on Hulu or on Netflix. Like like The King, for example, is on Netflix or. Is is that movie called The King? There's a, there is a movie on the Netflix called on Netflix the Netflix Netflix called The King. Is, that came out a year that, or two ago. Is yeah. it with uh, Timothy Timothy Chalamet or whatever his last yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Him. See, like that movie probably got a lot of clicks because it's on Netflix and it look it's really appealing to um, especially men and and if you're ha- don't if you have a couple hours on a sat or Saturday night m- Monday night Wednesday night mm-hmm. you'd be like yeah what the hell watch it if the really? last duel was on Netflix you probably would do that so do you think like a movie like that going forward has to be on streaming platforms going and attached to a big name in order for it to get watched and, and have the numbers that it wants to. It's gotta be one or the, I mean, one or the other or both because like obviously anything that is ta- attached to a big franchise like Marvel DC, Star Wars, uh, it's all, that's going to get views no matter where you put it. Um, a lot of big Disney movies too. If it's an animated movie, it will get watched in theaters as well, although they could just put it on Disney Plus too. Like Encanto, that was a really big movie at the end of the year. That was in theaters for like a month and a half, right to Disney Plus, and it's still like I, if I open my TikTok right now. I'm sure I'll see a thing about it because I'm on all the movie stuff. But um, when it comes to the Last Duel, which is now on HBO Max, so if people have HBO Max, go check it out while you can because it is worth it. It's very good. Um, it's it. The trailer makes it look. Drab. It, it, look, it looks like it looks a little like homework. Like it looks like tough to watch, bleak, dreary. Like when you the people who like the medieval stuff typically also like the fantasy kind of stuff, like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, those kind of watches or things. And this doesn't have any of that. It's not like a fun movie. It's 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 like, but it's it's yeah, but it's good. Like it's just like it's really like it t- tickles that intellectual part of your brain, and like, and, and by the end, it is emotional. Um, but you have to give in the time, which which is weird because House of Gucci, which I think I don't know if that came out with HBO Max and theaters. It wasn't theaters, but I don't know if it was like a dual release. But um, that's another one where like because it, it's a true story, like a true crime story. I think that's another genre that can still be popular. Is when or or a biopic, like when someone goes and plays a famous person. Uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, what's the other one with Ellen John, Rocket Man, stuff like that's going to get eyes because people want to see their favorite person portrayed in the thing and see their sto- their life story. That's another genre that I think could survive in theaters. Um, but it might be going the way, like this, it's kind of a mid-budgety movie. It's like, I was like a, it might have been more expensive actually than I thought it was. But Last Duel is like, 
it's kind of a dying breed of a type of movie. Like everything yeah. that's going to go to theaters, either be the blockbuster or the tiny indie movie that was a million dollars and is on two screens. So, well, yeah, too. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, I think theaters will always have to be in because like no way home you have to yeah. watch an end game. You have to watch these movies in the theaters right. to get that emotion. dude. I swear I was tearing up and no way home. Cause like, I'm like the generation that grew up. I mean, you're, you are too. Like Toby Maguire was my Spider-Man. I obviously yeah. watched Andrew Garfield when I was like, I think I was in high school. Maybe I was a little younger, even younger. And then now Tom Holland is like the Marvel guy, you know? Yeah. And so like all, they hit all three perfectly. Yeah. They, they hit it running. And so movies like that, like you can't imagine watching them. Like you can watch them again at home, but you can't, I can't imagine watching a crazy movie like that anywhere besides the theater. No, it's like a sporting event. Like when I saw, when I saw uh, No Way Home, it was, it wasn't as much as like when I saw Endgame, it was like, it was like, I'm, am I at like the fucking Super Bowl? People are like standing up and cheering at like a dark theater with a bunch of other random strangers. Um, but like still, so yeah, Sp- when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, you get clapping, you get cheers. I can hear everyone crying, and then got me a little bit. Uh, and my uh, fiance does not cry in movies and does not have feelings when it comes towards movies like that. She even she was tearing up at the, the very last couple shots. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that. Like, it's 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 hopeful for me because I don't want theaters to die. I like going to the theaters. I have one of those movie pass things for Regal, so I can go to. I don't know. I think I, I think it's like unlimited for 22 bucks a month. So it's, it's, if you go twice a month, it's worth it. Uh, but I just, I like the atmosphere. Even when it's empty, I went to see uh, Guillermo del Toro's new uh, Nightmare Alley and theater was empty. And I was like, I don't, I just like being in the big screen and like being in the dark and like mm-hmm. just having a place to go. And it's not expensive. It's a hobby that's so inexpensive now. So like, it's just, I don't know. I, I like the theater experience. I'm, I, I, I like most of the big blockbuster stuff. It's good for being that. It's better than like the 90s action Roland Emmerich schlock, but I, I like the theaters. I want them to stay alive. Well, also too, I think like if you're like a, if you're trying to come out right now and be like a director or start, like not, not even be a director, like just start like a franchise yeah. like, or like just start an empire. I think what you, you do is you write a story that has like and the ability to have eight movies because that emotional connection, that is one of the things that lo- it, the, the length of the movie will never matter if the fans are emotionally invested. Right. Yeah, that's why Endgame could be four hours and everybody will watch it. Right. Yet Justice League is four hours, and people are like, "I don't even really want to watch this." Some people are like that. Like if if you watched, if you read the comic books and things like that. But there's something about Marvel. They they got people, and Star Wars to an extent was the same way. I think I think Marvel and Star Wars are comparable. They're, they're doing better with the TV shows. I think that's the right way for them to go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah Star Wars. also TV shows too, dude. Like Star Wars, Disney is, has unlimited amounts of what they can do with those Star Wars TV shows and those Marvel TV shows because, like, like Hawkeye does not deserve a movie, but he does deserve a TV show, mm-hmm. and, and and they do really well. Do they? Do they not? They yeah. I mean, I watched. I've watched all. Uh, holy shit! There's five five Marvel TV shows this year. I watched all of them, and they're all varying degrees of good to great like there's nothing there's not a bad one in there uh same with the like star wars did um is on the book of boba fett right now as as we're recording this and i just watched an episode of that today that is a quality show i'm really enjoying (laughs) i really enjoyed the star wars tv shows um but they like they don't um 
that's the thing is like the length of something bothers people. Like they wouldn't watch the last duel with two and a half hour movie in theaters, but I guarantee you if the last duel was a three part mini series on Netflix, well, that's fine. All of a sudden it's still two and a half hours. We were watching a show. I was watching a show with my fiance the other day and we were on like the fifth episode just because it was just on. I was like, Hmm, we can watch four hours of this. But when a movie's over two hours, you complain, but it's the same thing. And I, I guess, I don't know if it's the artificial breaks or like the recaps or what it is, but like, people can't do the long movies but they can do i can sit down and watch six hours of a tv show in a row i don't know Mm. what that is i think it might be the fact that the artificial breaks uh attach to um cliffhangers with those artificial breaks it's true if you have a movie you have a scene break when there's a cliffhanger right but it's a very small or the end of the movie there's a cliffhanger but in these shows, dude you get like peaky blinders is a perfect example did you watch peaky blinders i haven't seen peaky blinders but every single season ending there's the insane cliffhanger but every episode there's a cliffhanger so it's like that's the way you do it if you want to make a show like that people will yeah. come in for the fact that it's 1920s gangsters in in, in uh, europe and then they'll stay for the cliffhangers the emotional attachment i think you know one of the things that ekes me to my core is the tiktok actors so they think they're actors <laughs> and they're just like that um, I can't stand it, or like the lip syncing over, and they're like, "I want to be an actor." It's like, honestly, yeah, that's that's what you do if you want to be an actor. Is like you get you get enough big enough following, like you can do anything. But I feel like acting is such a per like a great act like art form, and that so few people are technically great at it that like you can't just like get famous and be an actor. And I feel like a lot of people today's want to do that. And so a lot of these movies that are coming out on Netflix TV shows are just people who are famous and have big names, but they don't really have any talent to them. And so I feel like to make something technically great, you have to create something that's emotionally attaching, have those cliffhangers and have technically great actors. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of acting talent out there. Like most like low budget stuff that I see that's not intentionally schlock is like it's they're pretty decent like a- like actors in it, and like they're pretty like so. I think the pool is pretty deep when it comes to like the TikTok actors. Um, the best I see are when they're doing some sort of comedy. I think you can do comedy in short form and write it yourself because all you have to do is write some good jokes and you and you can do it. Or if you if you're really minimalist but you're kind of but like your writing is good, that's when it's good. It's when I think it's harder to do like dramatic y kind of stuff and like you obviously can't do any like action sci-fi like it's hard to do that by yourself but i think when it comes to like independent people like that you can do some comedy and like show your chops but then if you get if you ever get big enough and get lucky enough to get cast as a cameo or a small role in a thing you're not going to be good in that because that's not your medium that's not what they're going to eat that's they don't use you right if you're good in short bursts it's because you're good in short bursts and maybe you could do a youtube show and there were a lot of like tiktok and vine people have youtube shows and there i I like some of that that's still only like 10 to 15 minutes it's a different form when you're trying to be a character for seasons on a show or be a character that you need to love or hate or immediately have an attachment to in a 90 minute movie that's a different kind of skill i think yeah, you know, I don't think we talked about that last time. What do you think it like are the skills that somebody needs or that actors use, the best actors use to make them so technically great? Like what are these skills that these top actors you talk about Denzel Washington, Leo DiCaprio, what do these guys all have or girls all have that makes them technically great? 
the best actors that we have that that like most people like would say like that is like an a-list like they there should be everything is just charisma it's the hardest thing to have and it's not really a teachable skill and that's what's the difference between an actor that you've seen a hundred times he's always guy b in suit or they're always friend of friends girlfriend and they're they're in a bunch of stuff and you recognize them and i probably see them and everything so i watch all my stuff but like they're never going to be the star because there is there is a like a je ne sais quoi charisma barrier to being like if you're if you're leo you're leo and you're number one or two or three in everything and everyone knows it's you and you're the you're there people are there for you the I, most people can't do that and it's really hard to do that like naturally i think there's a lot of great working actors you've seen in hundreds harry dean stanton was like that his whole life like he, he died a couple years ago but he was in movies from the 50s all the way up to, to the 2010s and he was always just a guy around and he's in he's made over two, he's like 200 movie credits and like most people don't even know who that guy is because he's a working actor he's really quality doesn't have that natural charisma like a lot of the leads would have Mm -hmm. yeah leo's a crazy one because he is 100 percent. i wouldn't even call i don't even know a movie where he's two do you know a movie where he's two you could call it uh you could call it like django and jane where he's the villain so like that he's like two or three in the cast list you got jamie fox and christoph waltz and then him, maybe like it's hard, hardest. And then even Samuel Jackson is in it just as much, if not more, than him. Yeah. But um, before, I mean, after his late nineties, Titanic, Romeo and Juliet, that kind of era. No, nah, I mean he's gonna either be, either gonna be the star, or he, at the very lowest, he'll be a Calvin Candy. Like that's kind of the lowest on the billing he can go. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, because like even if he's in it for half a second, you put his name on the credit, like you put his name up there, like to show yeah. that he was in it. Yeah, he's a weird one. Did you watch Don't Look Up? I did watch Don't Look Up. From a movie critic standpoint, how did you feel about the movie? It's pretty polarizing for most people. I liked it. I mostly liked it. I would kind of give it like a a three-star movie that's trying really hard to be... A four or five? Like, it's it's trying so hard to be so clever and like so like... uh, And it's... I, I liked it for what it is. I thought a lot of the comedy works. Again, actor that is in a bunch of stuff, but no one cares about. Mark Rylance, the guy who plays the billionaire Steve Jobs kind of guy. He, one of my favorite performances in the movie. And he's always, he was in uh, was the Trial of Chicago 7 like two years ago, Oscar nominated movie. No, but no one knows Mark Rylance, like the time of a big star, but he's excellent in that and everything he's in. It, it's some parts played like a, like a cheesy SNL skit, which I heard a lot of the complaints. I'm like, yeah, I see that. But um, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I thought it was all right. I kind of, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it too. But, you know, to backtrack to The Billionaire, me and my girlfriend, when we watched it, we're trying to figure out what he was doing. Was he trying, was he like just trying to be awkward and kind of like off a little bit with his, like the way he was speaking and everything like that? Or was he trying to emulate one of the billionaires today? I think he's trying to be a specific type of character who you could recognize, not recognize as a Musk or a Gates or a Jobs or a Zuckerberg. Like I, he wasn't trying to be a specific billionaire. I think he was trying to be eccentric weirdo guy who comes off that way to the crowd behind the scenes is much more cutthroat and on it, but still kind of spacey. I think that it's just kind of, it, it, they just kind of took like, I think they probably drew up five names and they're like, all right, what do they have in common? 
and then and then like dial it up to some sort of like I don't know maybe neurodivergent level I don't know he but I I whatever it was whatever he was doing uh, it worked for me I thought he was I thought he was a good like laughing hateable but like ridiculous villain yeah that that's the way I was that's what I got from it too people were trying to say like Zuckerberg kind of and I was just like I mean he's off but like he doesn't have that he was, it's not a one I was one. talking like this like you gotta have like that he's like talking like that and he was like yeah and yeah he did play a, like you easily just didn't like him from when he was on the screen the right. reason I liked it was because like you could get some hate from either like you could say it was kind of politically polarizing but I thought that it it captured like you know 2020 like american culture perfectly like ha- people care more about breakups between rap couples and and the media just wants to spin it off and the politicians just want to make money with the billionaires and everyone and the all and everyone's just going to fight about what's right and i thought it was technically perfect that for at doing that you know at being kind of sort of off you know it was kind of like off and mm-hmm. i think it was kind of supposed to be a little off while also getting at fundamentally yeah, we're we're making a movie and we're kind of making it a little off and it's not reality, but like, look around, dude. Like, you know, this is kind of what's going on. And so I, that's the reason I liked it. And I also thought like, you know, I thought Leo's, per, like his freak out scene was a great scene. You know, I thought he he owned that scene. I thought Jennifer Lawrence played a smart girl who blows up and is kind of like a meme perfectly. She's just kind of pissed off and mean. Yeah, she's a good like the people in the movie hate her. Like yeah. we feel we feel like frustrated for her, but like yeah. the, as but like the people in the movie, she's the perfect yeah meme yeah. like villain to hate on for for annoying them. And then also and, Jonah Hill played like a douchebag politician son perfectly yeah. i thought it was good i i liked it a lot of people were like i hated it but i was like i thought it was pretty good i can see I, most of the complaints i've seen were um were politically based complaints and i don't sure they think were. i don't think that's a good reason to dislike a movie because it either doesn't line up with your politics or it pokes fun at your beliefs i don't think that's a good reason to dislike Especially when it's a movie, it's like it's. It, I know it's 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 kind of I don't know what the right word is, but it, it is an art form, despite it being commercial and you know, and a billion people make it, and some of the f- products out there are pretty soulless and cash grabs. At its core, it is still an art form. So you know, I I don't think it's something to get upset about that way. I think it's fine. Like a three three star movie. Yeah, I I do. You know that's that's some of the backlash SNL's getting right now. Like that's some, what they're getting right now. I don't know if you've heard any of the backlash, but it's the fact that they took like you know they were like this raunchy like comedians for like all the time who had like all these raunchy comedians on who who built like careers for like all these Eddie Murphy you know these great comics and mm-hmm. now they're kind of flipping and playing into the, like the political scene. It's like that's not what you're supposed to be. You know SNL is supposed to be this groundwork of like American comedy, right? And so that's some of the 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 um backlash for snl i hope that doesn't transcend into the movies you know i hope that people still make technically great movies and to make technically great movies not just to play a role in some political like idea because that's what china does dude like china makes propaganda movies they they edit stuff out of stuff that we send over they're like we can't we're not gonna have like they they it's usually small stuff or but like 
it, it, it affects the art like a lot of the time like sometimes you need like sometimes you need this the characters you have in the movie to be the way they are and it's not like great they're not either great people or you don't agree with like what they are but like you need that to tell this story to be like either accurate or to get like the emotional response that you need or to send the message you're trying to send you need people to be a certain way and they're not all um they're not all gonna kind of fit what you would like to see in like your daily life it's just it's not that's not how it works (laughs) yeah and yeah yeah that's that's the weird one dude and like there was a movie that came out like their their big movie franchise is called dude i can't even think about it but it's a movie about like this Chinese warrior in a war against the Americans and it's, it's totally propaganda against America, but he like, like the, the Americans like this, this, uh, he, he's funded by these big corporation billionaires and he's like, he's kind of an asshole. And like the, the Chinese guy is like, you know, the good, he's the hero. He's the villain. He's just trying to save these, this bad guy. And it's totally propaganda, you know, it's 100%. And then they edit stuff out of us and they make John Cena apologize. And the whole thing is so weird. Uh, that was that about. I never even, I, I heard him apologize in, I think it was in Mandarin. And I, I didn't know what that was about. I wasn't following the specific story of that. But Oh, so basically he called Taiwan a country because it's a country. And then they, <laughs> and then because Fast and the Furious is so big and, mm-hmm. and, um, China, they were like, you have to apologize so that we can get the money. Basically, it was it was disgusting. It was it was bad. But yeah, I don't like catering to a country for movies because I think movies. It's like it it would be like if you know, let's think of a great musician. Let's say like what oh, we were talking about Elton John earlier. It'd be like if Elton John like changed words in his song to fit a country's beliefs. It's like you or an art piece. You you painted you had to paint differently because of a specific person you're selling to. And now that makes a little more sense, right? You paint for who you're selling to, but it's like, it damages the art form. If you don't let the artist just speak, you know? Well, yeah, I think when it comes to like big blockbuster stuff, a lot of that is like made to be crowd pleasing in a way that like, everyone's going to like, they want it. Like when it comes to big stuff, you want, it to appeal to the most people possible and you don't want to upset people. So a lot of big stuff, they kind of play it safe and like, you can still make good stuff with that. Marvel still makes good stuff with having to play it uh, safe in certain respects. Mm -hmm. Um, And I almost, (laughs) I actually almost dislike that more than just making a straight out uh, like propaganda film, because if you're making that, it's obvious to most, I mean, in China it's a little different because of the the media restrictions they have over there in comparison. But if you, in a generally society where you have, you can Google anything anytime you want to, and like you can look up whatever you want anytime you want, get the history of the world in your pocket, then you can make any kind of whatever thing. And if your audience finds it and they're like, I don't see a problem with that because when you restrict that then you could it, it, you can restrict other things that other people don't like and I, I in general i want you i want the artist if the artist wants to make a thing that it's like i hate this person and this is my movie about i have me hating or like this type of person i'm like i mean if you make that i don't think anyone's gonna want to see that but if you want to try to do that i, I like i don't know i i don't like uh, people restricting art because they don't like the artist's beliefs or what the movie's saying kind of mm-hmm. gotta like the, there's got to be some it's all that's how it's always, there's art's always been a way 
to do whatever you kind of want and say whatever you want to say, and the people will respond to it the way they want. That that the the common public will dictate what what is the sentiment. Yeah, that's that's the weird one, right? It's like, and you know, it's the weirdest one about the whole like art form and like political belief thing. Is like right now, it seems like it's not even just like what people believe; it's just what they believe regarding COVID. It's kind of weird. It's like people have to come out and like if so, anybody you know, like there's there's people who are it, it, it's the argument anti vaxxers vaxxers. All that's all anyone cares about. And it's kind of weird because it's like. Everyone should just like want people to be not die from COVID, obviously. Mm. But like, if some people like got vaccinated and 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 they're like, yeah, you know, there I had these effects on my body. We should be talking about that too. It's weird that like scientists are getting censored and things like that, and and that people who are in movies or, or actors are getting yelled at because they come out about talking about like. Oh yeah, I, I had I got COVID and I, I'm not vaccinated, and then they're just demonized and like, oh, but I did this treatment, and then they're like, oh, demonize them more, and it's like mm-hmm. we're at a weird time where it's like you're allowed if you don't if if you believe someone something differently than someone, like you're allowed to just like like antagonize that person. It's a weird like it's a weird dynamic, you know. I'm surprised. Uh, it's 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 stronger now than it used to be. I'm surprised that people who say they want people to be and do whatever they want are, are sometimes people doing that when it was, when I was younger and it was like a religious group coming on and saying like censoring something on TV because they didn't like bad language or nudity. Mm-hmm. I understood that. And I thought it was silly and dumb. And like most people didn't listen to that because if anything, censorship is pretty like, for that kind of stuff is doesn't, it doesn't matter so much anymore. And then when you come back at the other side, when you're like, oh, I don't know if I, you know, I don't like that this person's not, uh, you know, get either getting vax or if they're saying something about it, that doesn't fit the larger narrative. And then you get pushed back that way. I, I don't understand. It's, it's surprising to me. It's come around like that because I don't, I, I don't think censorship, really ever helped a lot when it comes to stuff like that yeah i talked about censorship not too long ago on this podcast because i hate it i have a podcast where i talk to all types of people and one of the things that i like is people to be honest with me if they disagree with me i like to disagree with people because i think that that's the way i grow my mind Mm. um i also like i'm kind of a philosophy student so that's just kind of what i learned yeah censorship i don't like censorship and i really 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 don't like fucking censorship of the art forms like i don't think that will help anything i think actually art will set us free all types of artwork people being honest with how they feel and that goes with both ways you know like people need to be if 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 they don't conform to societal norms and they feel different but they're creative genius let them do whatever they need to do same thing for the other side if somebody believes that you know they don't them and their families don't need to get this COVID booster. Let them do that and don't hate them. Like that is their choice. I don't like the whole hatred thing. It's it's weird. Like you said, the people who <clears throat> technically say that like they don't they want people to be able to live freely and love their lives and that's the biggest rub for me is that yeah. when, it's when people say they want everyone to be able to do what they want to do, but like not nah, not everything. I'm like, yeah. well. I mean, you gotta. Which what are you really? Are you really? Are you really for doing whatever you want in within legal reason, or do you just want 
your way to win because mm-hmm. i don't i don't i'm not really about that i'd like to <laughs> i'd like to be able to everyone to be able to do mm-hmm. within the reasons of law like in in civilized society do what they want to do yeah and the crazy thing is is like if someone says something that you don't agree with on like a plot, like the weird, weird thing with me, is like how that people argue in like comment sections and stuff. It's like, <laughs> if you're debating about something and it's like really interesting, maybe, maybe that's like a maybe, but like, if you're just arguing with someone you don't know, that doesn't know you, it's like, just scroll. I want to know how much comment, like how long that thread would be of all the arguing comments. Cause I don't, I don't think I've ever done it. Even when I really wanted to say something like, I'm just like, this will do nothing but make me more upset for longer. Like, mm-hmm. I will read them. I still read them. And I shouldn't even do that. But uh, like my fiance the other day, she's on a, um, like a local news Facebook group. And every once in a while, someone will say something that she thinks is ignorant. And I'm like, don't fucking say it. Just don't do it. Like, don't respond. Like, just... Like, leave it alone because, like, it's only going to upset you more. And, and, like, yeah, you're probably also upsetting them, but, like, you don't get to see that. It's not like you're yeah. getting anything from it. Like, you are just making yourself less happy doing that. I don't know why you're doing that. Yeah, one of the things that I shouldn't do is I've been – my numbers on YouTube have been going up, like, pretty decently lately. Like, I've been getting – like, you know, I've been getting into, like, the, the tens of thousands. And, dude, I read the comments that people say about me, and I should not do that because <laughs> – dude it's like because that's why that's why like i'm glad i do a movie show and like people if i find arguing about that because that's a silly fun topic when you get into arguing about covid things or politics things or anything that's like that like yeah i can never do the show you do because i don't have the skin for it i don't have like yeah. I, I can't i could not go and talk about what i really think about stuff and and ask other people what they think and do that regularly mm-hmm. i would crumble like a ball i like i play it safe in the movie world because I, I just it's too it's too much I don't I don't have the I don't I can't stand people just hating like I know if you saw me in real life like there were, we would be fine like every person you regularly meet is totally fine in real life and as soon as the screens go the screens up and you up. comment and you're just like everyone's like it's just it's like a war and I'm like I don't want to be in the war I just want to talk about my movies like <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it feels like the war is like I am like the target of the war because like yeah. I mean like I I get it like I say like I feel like I don't even say that much controversial things like I one hundred percent and for everybody to be equal and everybody live happy I just right. don't think that people deserve to be pe- uh, persecuted for what they believe mm-hmm. and that and I also don't think that we should be requiring a new technology of a drug for like young people. Like it's, it's, there's a difference when you're talking about like my grandma and my dad and my parents are getting older. And I, I think that they 100%, the new technology get vaccinated but when right. there's things that like, when there's things that like 100% help like monoclonal antibodies and NAD drips and ivermectin. I don't know about ivermectin if it works or not. I, I have no idea. It was mixed on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, we know that like, um, NAD and like um, fluid with vitamins and uh, monoclonal antibodies, those do affect COVID some mm-hmm. form. And especially for a, for a class of people who um, doesn't have any comorbidities and is young and healthy. I, I don't really like the whole requiring people to conform to beliefs. I, I never have. 
I think people should trust science and trust people, scientists. I have talked to a virologist multiple times and he's talked about how mRNA vaccines are dope and all this stuff. And I trust mm-hmm. them. And anytime I have a question, I ask him because I believe people who do research, not just people who talk shit on comment sections. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't mean that I have to hate somebody because they don't believe that they need to do something. You know, I, that's, that, and, Damn. and yet just fucking tart dude i feel like i'm in the last <laughs> like it's me it's the last is you in the comment section <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah. there's the one thing i do like about um because like i think the currently there's an age limit on the vaccine i don't know what it is um it's a 12 10, 5 it's it's low, it's like it's kind of low um and my fiance and i our favorite thing to do is to go on cruises and all of the cruises right now are 100 percent first vaccines the first two shots not mm. booster not required and i'm super for that for selfish reasons because there are no children on this boat <laughs> i get to go on the boat and everyone is about everyone is is at least i mean there's some like you know teenagers but everyone's yeah. an adult or older like no fucking little kids running around knocking shit over so i'm like yeah for this specific instance this is benefiting me but no, like, yeah you know, they got like it, like uh it's, it's just funny like when people get mad about stuff and like how it mostly like it doesn't really affect you in your day-to-day life like is it really like like how much how much is doing one thing versus the other thing hurting you or helping you and like and then what are the odds long term one thing hurts you more than the other like it and let you it's very specific circumstances where it's deeply affecting you personally or someone you know like it it's not like that's why that's why i like i have my own opinion on it but like i try to be like yeah i don't really care because in 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 the end i really don't because i'm like it doesn't affect me that much except when i go on cruises (laughs) except when i go on cruises cruises. then i'm like yeah all right keep the vaccine mandates don't let kids have them because then i can Mm. then i can keep going on cruises without children it's the only reason (laughs) yeah and i also i worry that I go to a liberal arts school, so I haven't said mm-hmm. anything like offensive or anything, but I worry that something I have said will offend somebody and I'll get yelled at for, you know, and kicked out of school. And I don't think that'll happen because I haven't said anything offensive. I'm not an offensive person, mm-hmm. but I do worry about that. And, and but I, I worry more that about censorship more. And I worry that I would rather talk freely about what I believe on a platform with a bunch of people who are smarter than me as so that we grow and I grow, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm wrong about something, you know, and I hope I am. I'm sure I am. I'm not going to know that I'm wrong about something unless I, I explain my beliefs to someone who has a different belief and we talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that that is more important than just listening to what you think is not offensive all the time. I really think that it is more important to think freely and really, really talk about difficult concepts it's more important to do that than it is for any for like any type of censorship or any type of, you know, being just like walking on eggshells when you talk. And so that's why I continue to do it. And that's why I continue to have all different types of people from all different types of walks of life on is because I think that going forward in this whole weird time, I think that's going to be the most important thing is 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 is. is is being free to talk and being free to change, you know? Like you say, like a lot of the shows that I listen to, a lot of different, I try to listen to dueling perspective beliefs on most everything because one, because I don't agree. I don't fully agree with one side or the other of the big, of the big two sides of things. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not enough in one camp or the other to, to, for it to bother me. But like, I like, I like to hear it all because I like to be aware of what the bubble, what everyone's bubble is saying so that I can, 
so that in my own personal life, when I talk to people, I could adjust things and like, um, it's just, it's helpful for me to just like know where people are at. And it's like, it's, it's going to change me somewhat or any other, but I kind of, I know where I'm, I'm at with my stuff for the most part, but yeah, I couldn't do the show, man. I mean, I could, I couldn't do your show all full time, man. It's, it's so, it'd be too, it'd be, it'd, it'd, it'd wreck me uh, mentally. It's tense, dude. It is tense. And but it, year is good for me. <laughs> it's fun though. We have fun conversations, right? It is true. No, I like be I like being on this. And about I I guess on another podcast, which is like an all like geek related media show. Sometimes I like I like just doing shows because I like talking about stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I I like I just like I, podcasting is like my other than movies is my favorite medium of like entertainment. I just love hearing people talk about stuff they like to talk about and like be good at it and like typically it overlaps with my own likes and it's why I just and you can just have it on doing anything I play old GameCube games mute the GameCube game because I've beat it a hundred times and just throw a podcast on because that's that's like an that's like my unwinding activity so yeah i do that exact same thing except i used to do it with madden and i've lately i've been doing it with fortnite again okay where fortnite is just fucking let's go um but (laughs) but however like i turn down the sound all the way and then i can't hear people (laughs) and it's kind of hard to play (laughs) It's kind of hard to play a shooting game when you can't hear the people. Do you play with like people like with like people? Because like when I play online, I'm always the only time I play online is when I'm with my friends and like I catch up. That's how I catch up with my friends that aren't don't live near me anymore. So yeah, no. Like when it when it comes to like multiplayer, I'll do that. But otherwise, I'm playing old single player Mm -hmm. (laughs) garbage GameCube games because. As my nostalgia gets me, so I just I play what I played when I was ten. Unless I'm just like bullshitting and like like doing some challenges to get a new skin. Yeah, I've done that before, and then I'll yeah. th- then I'll throw something not like a podcast on, and then I'll just like yeah, I won't hear footsteps, I won't yeah. hear people shooting. I mean, whatever. Like uh, I'll I'll go. Yeah, actually, I have. I want to show you this. No, I'll I'll show you afterwards. But I have okay. like a, I have so I don't have a mic right now, and I have my other USB microphone taped to the wall, and then it's in it's plugged into my Xbox so that I can like <laughs> talk to my friends. So I do play with my friends. Yeah. Uh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, see, this one I, that I have right now is my gaming mic. I have my podcast mic, but we we do ours a different way. And with this, I'm, I'm actually my fiance's computer right now. I haven't gotten the mic. And this to also be on at the same time because I want to use these headphones, but it's got a mic, so I got to like mm-hmm. turn this mic off, turn that one on, and I just haven't figured out to do it with like Skype and Zoom yet. But no, yeah, you sound. I mean, it sounds perfect. Yeah, I can. I can tell that you, it looks like you're about a game right now. Yeah, I know it's right. Like I got my like this is the like this is the podcast mic I got here, but like oh that's nice. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like this is. I mean, this, and also I, I I record down here. My fiance's got the. We record in separate rooms too when we do our show because my other two co-hosts don't live nearby. So like, you know, we're all over the place too. And all and when we're guests on, we just do we do like calls and then I splice all the stuff together afterwards. It's probably an easier way to do it like this. But yeah, you could totally just do like a five-person Zoom call, dude. Yeah, I don't think they want to be seen. A lot of my co-hosts when they're doing well, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but they can. They, I mean, like you don't have to do it, but they can. You can turn off your camera on Zoom and everything. It's true, and we don't have a video portion of our show right now. Like we don't have all our stuff's audio. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have a individual thing. I, I've wanted to do more of that. Uh, I just like this past year, I had no time to do it, and then. Um, I just have, we haven't decided on what it's going to be yet. Cause right now every show is just a review show. And unless we're recording ourselves talking and then like cutting stuff in, it's just going to be like visuals. And I'm like, eh, for 45 minutes, I don't know if it depends on. 
we'll figure do, it out. Do you know what the Midnight Gospel is? No, Midnight Gospel, no. It's um, you know who Duncan Trussell is, right? Yeah, comedian. So he his podcast he made it into like an animated show on Netflix, and it's like a podcast show, animation kind of show. It's mm. really dope. You should check it out. It's called Midnight Gospel. Um, oh, I think I remember you. I think you might, might have mentioned this last time. I was familiar or talked about Duncan Trussell last time. Yeah, I am like one hundred percent. Like, depending on what happens with the show and law school and everything, I really want to do that. Like, that's like, like my goal is to make a podcast, like a show like that, where it's like my pod, like you take some specific like conversation that's really deep for my podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I make it into like an animated show, kind of like a little thing on YouTube. Do you do animations yourself or would you, would you hire like a friend or something? No, I'd hire like a friend or something. I have a bunch of friends who are like, so I have some friends who are CS majors, which is criminal. I mean, criminal uh, computer science. <laughs> I got some criminals outside. I got some uh, criminal computer science. <laughs> um, hold on, real quick. I got glares. People are gonna be mad at me about the glare. Um, <laughs> I was getting some That'd sun earlier. Uh, no, you're perfect. Uh, my glare. Uh, but yeah, I really want to do that. I really want to start a show where I can do that. It's just like takes a lot of time and reference, but yeah, you should check that out, bro. Um, because it's a dope show, but back to movie, uh, reviews, because I was trying to ask you this like 20 minutes ago, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> we, you called, um, don't look up a three star show, right? Yeah. Can you give me a list and me and the listeners, a list of what you think a one star and then two a five star movies are just so we have some reference to what we and like what those stars are. I've seen so much that it's hard for you to off the top of my head for the one stars. I can give you the five, but I actually, I have a letterbox. I don't know if uh, anyone else knows what that is, but it's an app uh, for people to share their movies and share their lists and top things. So I can send you my letterbox ID and send that out if anyone does movie stuff. But I can tell you right now, my, my top five of all time, I don't know if I've given it before. They're all five-star movies. I don't think you have, but I would love to hear them. Okay, so uh, my favorite of all time is Jackie Brown, Tarantino movie. Um, it's a flight attendant, and she has to like dodge the gunrunner, ATF agent, bail bondsman, all these different people, and they're all playing each other. It's a late '90s movie. It's not. It when you say, say Tarantino, it's not as shooty or bloody as a lot of his other movies. It's much talkier. It's much more, I guess, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's the closest one in tone. Um, but that movie just, I've seen it a billion times. The soundtrack's perfect. The one B to that, which is like close behind, is David Lynch's Mulholland Drive, which is a like psycho noir thriller, kind of a kind of soap opera at times. Um, supposed to be a TV show. He had five and a half hours of footage. They didn't want the pilot, so he cut it into a movie. And I think it's just amazing. And it's, uh, these are both very long movies. I want to say, they both float around HBO Max at times. I haven't seen them anywhere else in a while, but I don't know if they're currently on there, but usually they're on, they come on and off there. The original Star Wars is always going to be, I think it's my favorite of the Star Wars movies, and I'm a Star Wars guy. I know Empire Strikes Back is what most people point to, but I think the original one is just a really perfect, tight hero's journey. Good white hat, black hat, kind of a classic Hollywood type movie uh beast of the southern wild smaller indier kind of movie came out about 10 years ago it's about this girl who grows up in uh, louisiana in like they call it the bathtub it's like a very diy impoverished little island that like is full of like the de degenerate type adults and she the, from her point of view you see what's going on during katrina when katrina hits so that's an interesting movie i i i've 
tear up at that every time. I make people watch it. Beast of Southern Wild, also on HBO Max, typically floating around. Um, and then if I had a fifth one, the fifth one's always hard. It's kind of a rotating slot. I, I want to stick with those four for the top five, but I want to tell you, I'll tell you some bad stuff right now. Hold on. Yeah, Let tell me. me some bad stuff. Uh, while you're doing that, I'll tell yeah. you my my top three. Yeah. Um, Shutter Island's probably my favorite movie of all time. I love that. Okay. Movie. Oh, the um, movie. Love it. Yeah, it's um, I just love the I like the psychological thrillers type of movies. So I think that's probably one. Actually, Inceptions too. So I got two Leos up there. Two Leos, two psychological, two like those might have been the same year. This might have both been 2008 or nine, something like that. I think Inception's 10 mm. and Shutter Island might be before that. It might be it's either 2012 or 2008. I can't remember. Okay. Um, and then three, I'm going to go Star Wars, um, The Revenge of the Sith, because I was a young boy when that came out. And the Perfect last age. fight, yeah, mm-hmm. and that last fight scene um, is probably my favorite fight scene of all time uh, with uh, when it goes back and forth between Palpatine and Yoda. And then um, obviously when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, I just like, mm-hmm. I literally wanted to be that scene. I would fight my friends and act like I was Anakin. And, and so that's probably my f- top three. Um, and then before you give me the bad one, have you ever seen last of the Mohicans? I have seen last of the Mohicans. Yeah. So my dad swears that the the last ten minutes is the greatest ten minutes of cinematic history. When he, they're like, when really? He, so when he shoots the, um, they shoot his friend and he's like burning at the stake, and then they fight up the mountain. They just start like mm. killing everybody. Yeah, my dad he just loves the movie, the 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 sounds, and then and then that scene when he's like fighting, and then he kills it, and then he like looks over the, um, the edge. So if anyone's Anyone's listening to this and you haven't seen Last of the Mohicans, watch that movie. But then Early Dano Last- Day-Lewis movie yeah. before he became like only do one movie every three years. Mm-hmm. So it was, if you have any what you, like Braveheart too, I'm assuming then similar kind of tone, like yeah, uh, yeah. the ending. Um, so I got, I got some on Letterboxd, you go from half star to five. So I'll do, I have a, some half stars that a lot of people probably haven't even heard of because they're so obscure and I, I just hate them but for ones people for ones that people have heard of um after the last airbender is one of my favorite shows of all time on nickelodeon and uh m night Shyamalan made a movie called the last airbender and um it's it's just abysmal it's it, it's got everything wrong it does everything wrong with what made the show it's like a, it's an american anime so great yeah, i know that show yeah yeah, I think I think a lot of this is if they're around our age would have would have seen it. Um, they they changed rules. They skipped giant portions of interesting story. They rushed. They they made the whole book one, which is like fifteen episodes of the TV show, twenty episodes. It's long, long episode, long seasons, and they crammed it all into one movie. The characters don't look right. The characters' names are mispronounced. I don't know why that he chose to call Ang Ung, but he did. And there's just a lot, there's just, a, a, for a fan, it's even worse. It's probably like, it's probably still, a, it's still a terrible movie by all, by all accounts. Everything look, CG looks bad. It, it's, it, there's just nothing redeemable about it. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other ones that people have seen. I'm a big, not Adam Sandler fan. I don't like his movies except for the ones where he's not doing the happy Madison thing. Like I liked uncut gems from a few years ago. I like punch drunk love. But uh, he had a movie where he played himself and his uh, sister, his twin sister. It's called Jack and Jill. And uh, that is 
it's kind of just embarrassing. It's the kind of movie that embarrasses me to like movies as an art form. It's so lazy and nothing happens. And like the big thing in the movie is Al Pacino is like, he's supposed to be part of like this big account that Adam Sandler's character is going to get Jack. And then his twin sister shows up and he falls in love with her and they go and just do stuff around. And it's just, it's just not, there's, I, and I think there's there's only one joke in it that works. It's like an actual joke. Most of the jokes are just, oh, look at that weird guy. He gets hit in the face. Uh, she falls down. Uh, he does a lot of like the old like they have the they have the Hispanic gardener and it's old like Hispanic gardener jokes and they're just bad. They're just not. It's so dated. It's uh, frustrating. Um, I can give. I'll give one more. Uh, let's do. Oh, uh, so have you ever seen like Scary Movie? Like the, yeah, like yeah. So those are d- decent, decent comedies. Scary Movie, the other scary movies are, are to varying degrees okay. Then there's the other ones like Epic Movie and like oh Trip yeah, movie. Disaster one, Movie. That's the one I was gonna say. Disaster Movie of those is the most offensively bad. Most of them are kind of are like pretty awful. That's the one to me that rubbed me the least way. I don't remember much for that movie. I remember like Kim Kardashian got crushed by like a cow or something. And that's like the joke. I don't know. I, it's, it's frustrating. So yeah, those are, those are some examples there. I could go on about stuff I hate, but that's, you know, that's the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You brought up an M night Shyamalan movie and I was going to ask you this earlier and it, it jogged my memory memory. How did you feel about old? <laughs> uh, well, uh, my fiance and I did a whole show on old. It's about an hour long. And it was one of our drunk episodes. We don't do them. We do them once or twice a year, but we got hammered and reviewed old. And um, because when we saw old, it was a packed theater. He's a Philadelphia guy. So he's popular around here. Um, and we were laughing hysterically at a lot of stuff. You're not supposed to laugh at the theater would be silent and we would be cracking up. Like, did you see it? Did you, did yeah, you see I old? did see it. I did see it. I, it's old, old. It's six months old, so the spoilers. I think it's probably you're good, and not that that would affect your enjoyment. But th- there's a scene where the two kids are like growing up rapidly, and they're in a tent, and uh, like they started off as like four and six year old kids, and all of a sudden they like clasp hands, and then we cut to a scene later, and this 50 year old girl is pregnant because I guess they banged in there, and the the, the beach moves so quick now she's like showing. And I was, I was like, what the fuck is the tone? What is the tone here? What is this supposed to be? So all I did was laugh because I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. And then she, the scene where she actually has the baby and they running back and forth on the beach and what ultimately happens there. It's just, it's, I thought it was very funny, like very like ridiculously, hilariously funny. Um, so my, we, we liked it in a jokingly way. I don't, I think the writing is abysmal. The acting is pretty awful for uh, actors that are in a lot of the stuff that I like. All the other actors I've seen in other stuff, and I thought they were decent. But in this, <laughs> I, I treated it as more of a, a, a farcical comedy than uh, than I think as the author intended. Yeah, I was very disappointed because M. Night Shyamalan, I, I feel like he either hits or really misses, you know? He, he has he a lot. Of, yeah, he has a, <laughs> like a lot of hits, dude. And I think he made Shutter Island. Am I wrong about that? Shutter Island is Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can talk he, about uh, yeah, he, um, he's the M. Night movie. He's Sixth Sense, and then he's also the Unbreakable Split Glass trilogy. Yeah. Um, 
what else did he do? He did the village, which I thought was okay. I think I was thinking of Six Sense. Okay, yeah, that's his, that was his original. That's when people thought he was going to be the next big thing because first time movie, big blockbuster hit, critical darling. I know, you know, really good movie. I think it's like a four star movie, four to five star movie. It's super solid, good twist ending, and then he kind of kept doing that kind of stuff, and then it, it eventually just wore out its welcome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Scorsese is a, is a. I think we talked about him last time, dude. Him and he has a lot of movies with Leo too. Yeah, recently he's Leo's become this new like Robert De Niro because back in the day every Scorsese movie had Robert De Niro, and now I don't know they probably had like five or six together. I I, I don't know how many I've seen of Scorsese movies because he has he has like thirty I think something like that, and I've only seen probably like a dozen or so because think, there's just too many. Yeah, I think he did Wolf of Wall Street. I'm pretty sure he did do Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, do you like that movie? Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> that's another that's another quality like comedically uh, movie for him because a lot of his stuff is gangster movies or mm-hmm. a couple other things. Like he does a couple of, like Gangs in New York. I think is my favorite of his movies. Also Leo in it. Uh, that was like 2002. Um, but yeah, I like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street's a solid movie. I like the Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, obviously, like. A lot of people my age, especially, really like that movie. It's yeah. It's a um, you know, it's a it's. I feel like, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio is 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 great in his own right. I thought Jonah Hill played very well in that movie. Margot Margot Robbie is beautiful. Mm. You know, you don't gotta say anything else about her. She's also <laughs> a really she's also a really good actor. She I think she plays yeah. Harley, Harley Quinn like perfectly. Yeah, she's um, the best part of most of those movies. Yeah, I don't me. really watch them. Can't really get into them. The my girlfriend made me watch Birds of Prey though, and I actually decent. I like liked it decently because mm-hmm. of Har- because of Harley Quinn. You know, it was like a two and a, uh, like two and a half ish stars for me. If I, I can, I thought when it came out, that's not one that sticks in my head too well. But yeah, yeah right? that, I feel like that's probably what I said. You know, I actually I wanted to ask you about this too. Joker. How did you like Joker? Oh, Joker was really good. Joker was, uh, uh, it, it didn't make my top five that year, but it was close. It was like a top 10, top 15 type of movie. I mm-hmm. again, saw that one with my fiance. We did that. We covered that one on the show, but um, Joker worked really well for me. And it's, I, a lot of it too is because it's taken from two Scorsese movies. It's taken from Taxi Driver and from King of Comedy, which are two of my top five Scorsese movies. And mm-hmm. especially King of Comedy. Love King of Comedy one of his lesser known ones, but that's where Robert De Niro is kind of playing. Like Robert De Niro in both those movies is you combine together. That's basically Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's character. And in obviously in Joker, he's the big like talk show host guy. And in King Comedy, he kidnaps a big talk show host guy and like makes and does his shows in front of him tied up in his basement. And like, that's a big thing. So like, because I like those two other movies, this worked for me really well. Um, it's a good homage to those. I don't think I've ever seen Taxi Driver, but like hearing that description, I think I'm gonna have to watch it. It's seven. It's a seven mid seventies movie. So like, if you like, if you can, I know some people like one of my co-hosts. She will not watch anything before like 2004. Like she just mm-hmm. can't get into old stuff. But if you like, you know, if you don't, if you don't mind stuff that looks older, it's it's a quality movie. He's uh like a I think he's a war vet and he comes back and he he's a total weirdo. But you don't know that. You kind of slowly learn that as the movie goes on, based on his mannerisms. And then by the end, it's yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna spoil it for you because yeah, it's yeah. worth worth watching. No, yeah, and I mean the good the cool thing about like like my dad's like he's 
turning 60 this year and I'm 22. So like he, he was an older dad. Like I'm the youngest in my family, but he like growing up, like I would watch a lot of, a lot of movies. That's like my dad's favorite thing to do. My dad loves watching movies. So I'd watch mm-hmm. a lot of movies growing up and I'd watch a lot of old movies because like, you know, my, like he always said, like, like it doesn't matter like when it was made. If it's a great movie, it's a great movie. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite trilogies of all time is like from the eighties. It's back to the future. Mm-hmm. I think, if you haven't seen that movie and you can tolerate something that's older than 2004, Back to the Future is like, you, you can't go wrong with those movies, you know? Yep. I love 80s movies. movies are interesting because 80s movies feel distinctly like the music and like, like eight, when I go back and look at decade stuff, 90s and 70s are closer to each other than the 80s. The 80s kind of stand out in their movies and music and pop culture. It's the look, it's the sound, it's very synthy pop weird uh and i think back to the future is included in that and that it, it doesn't fit in any other decade still having said that i like all three of them all, the whole trilogy like quite a lot yeah i, I fear that they're gonna remake those movies and they're just gonna be totally horrible you know they'll remake I mean? them eventually they will <laughs> yeah they, they remake they remake everything nowadays and i feel like a lot of the times the remakes are not as good as the as as the solid beginning you know i'm trying to think of one where it is better um because because for the most part they're either they're either fine on their own or they're yeah much much worse um total recall what did you think about that i never saw the total recall didn't see it what other remakes are there? There's got to be more remakes than just that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Trying to think. Well, I mean, there's also like sequels that are soft reboots, like the Jurassic World series. Mm-hmm. Like Jurassic World is basically Jurassic Park. They're not. They're not. And even Jurassic World King Fallen King, whatever the middle one is, uh, is not super different from Jurassic Park Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like straight. I mean, there was a new West Side Story remake, but I didn't see that because I do not like the original at all. So I was not. I've heard they're both good. I've actually heard that both are like super high quality movies. And like, if it's like the first one, I don't want to see it because I don't like the first one. Yeah, yeah, remakes are weird. I feel like for especially for like movies, like unless you like kind of. I guess one of the examples I would say, I think. The Adam Sandler. I know you don't like Adam Sandler, but I think the Adam Sandler Longest Yard is pretty good. Yes, that is one I think is all right. Um, there's some stuff in there that works, doesn't work, and that is also a remake. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that movie's okay. It's not. It's not like one of the ones that makes me angry. A lot of his movies make me angry, but that one is. It's got some WWE guys in it too, and I used to watch that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I like seeing like the great Cully smash head in the wall. So well, also <laughs> like Neo's in it, and they have um, what's his name from the Cowboys, all time uh, great. Um, oh, somebody's yeah, ripping really me right now. Somebody uh, in the comments is gonna rip me for this, dude. Uh, I can't. I, I saw. I, you know, I watched this years ago. I don't remember the whole cast of this one. Um, I know Burt Reynolds is the guy. It's the old mm-hmm. dude. Well, I'm not gonna get it. I don't think it. <laughs> well, Brennan, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on again, man. Good to be back. Do you Good have anything you want to finish? Any conversation you want to finish on? Anything you want to say? Um, I no. I mean, like, I'll I'll do my one more round of plugs here at the end for my film stuff. Oh, I guess. If if uh, you like movie stuff, you like voting on stuff, and like having your voice stuff and stuff heard, uh, that draft I talked about earlier, the movie draft for 2021, that's on my Instagram, and we do match post matches every day. Um, 
it's in like the middle of it right, right now. I don't know when this is coming up, but uh, it's probably getting close to the end. So if you want to vote on that, there's a match every day. It's one-on-one movie uh, from 2021. And that's on my Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost. Um, and then if you have letterboxed Brennan underscore podhost also there for movie stuff, because I, I, I'll probably follow you back because I always like following people for movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah, dude. Again, this is a lot of fun. I love talking to you, bro. You, you always are so knowledgeable about movies and, and every time I'm glad we did it like after a year because we got to talk about all the movies that came out that I didn't. That's right. That I didn't get to talk to you about last time. But yeah, man, it's actually going to be out tomorrow morning at around 9 a.m. Pacific time. So about noon okay. time. So I'll, I'll tag you and everything. And yeah, man, every every time you come on, man, it's a blast. So thank you again. Appreciate it, God. I'll be back uh, I don't know, a year from now or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a great rest of your night, man, and I'll I'll send you everything when it comes out. Sounds good. You too, man. See ya. Good night. Peace. Episode number 91 with Brennan Schneider. Dude, I love having him on. That's his second time. He's so knowledgeable about movies, and every time he's on, he makes me want to watch all these different types of movies. And I swear, Brennan, if I had time, I would. You know, everyone, make sure you subscribe to me at Calling a Man's Answers to stay up to date with this show on all streaming platforms. Um, if you guys want to check out new like reels and, and shorts, my YouTube shorts is where I post most of that content, but I do also post on TikTok at Calling Demands. Follow me on my social media at Colin Weirs just to stay up to date with me and my life. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay demanding.